What's this? You tell me. Looks like a cloak and dagger tape. Well, it's not. Take a look at it. You mean it's not? Who gave it to you? This guy. I can't tell you any more than that. Top secret, huh? What do you want me to do? I don't know, Morris. You're the genius around here. All right. Have a look. What's going on, buddy? Man, what's going on? It's uh, it's cold down here in Oklahoma, but I don't think it's as cold as it is up there in New York. How cold is it up there right now? It's actually, it's not that bad. I think today was a high of like 28. So that's, <laughs> it's not too bad. It's We've had worse in the past few weeks. <laughs> that still sounds cold to me. It's uh, Our high was like 45 today, which my cutoff, uh, my cutoff for cargo shorts is 32. Uh, actually, that's not true. I wear cargo shorts when it's much colder than that. But my official cutoff uh, is 32. So if it's above freezing, I'm going out in shorts. Yeah, no shorts here. No shorts here at all for me, buddy. Not even in the house. Really? Got, no, no, no. I don't do shorts in the winter in the house unless I'm on the treadmill. That's about it. You know, we're in the uh, the new house now. And one of the things you have to get used to in a new house is like, the air conditioner zones, like, uh, I mean, it's not an official. It's not like 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 it's not supposed to be zones. It's just that when you set the air conditioner to seventy four, for some reason, this room is always seventy seven, and my office is like seventy five, and then one of the kids' bedrooms is sixty six. I mean, it's weird. There's just one temperature, but some rooms are hot, so we're still doing that game of all right, who's going to open this vent or close this vent or mm-hmm. we're just trying to get it to all equalize. We're not, not quite there yet. Doesn't matter to me. I wear shorts in every room. So how is the, the, uh, the new house going? Last time we talked to you, just moved in. Oh man. Yeah, I, I wish that unpacking went like it did in the movies where every box went to the right room and you just open it up and it was magically all your stuff was there. There are so many things that we can't find. I mean, I think I mentioned on the last episode that I've lost a television. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't find the waffle iron. We can't find. Oh, I just ordered. Geez, not the waffle <laughs> iron. Oh I my know, god, it stinks, man! And I just bought. Uh, I just bought some computer speakers on Amazon. I remember when I was moving, I took my my speakers, and I had some floppy disks of all things and some other stuff. And I was like, I don't want to put these speakers because the magnets, you know. Can, can ruin discs and stuff. So I, I said, I'll remember, I'm going to put them in this other box. Don't know what happened to that box, but we still have boxes we haven't opened and gone through. It's just a, it's really a pain. It's, a, it's like this never ending, you know? Yeah, you know, we moved into this house. Uh, this will be our fifth summer. So we've been here, you know, four years. And they're still, I'm not, I'm not going to say there's boxes all the house. There's not. There's, a bo- there's boxes in two areas that are kind of, 
I don't even want to say mine, but kind of run by me. I guess there's like a, a walk-in attic area, which is supposed to be my room. I'm supposed to frame it in and that's where I'm going to be recording and everything. And I've just been putting it off for a few years. And then the garage, there's, there's some boxes in there up on shelves and it's my stuff that I can go through still to this day and go, holy crap, I forgot about that. And that's probably the stuff that needs to go because in four years I haven't missed it. You know what I mean? So I have a friend who told me that if, if he doesn't use or uh, see something or no use or touch something within one year, he throws it away. Literally gets rid of things. If he hasn't used it in a year, that's crazy. I have things that I owned in 1978. I mean, I literally have the Star Wars figures that I got for Christmas in 1978. I still have them. I still have toys from my childhood. I still have a quilt I had when I was a kid. <laughs> so, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, he gets rid of the thing after one one year. And I definitely have things that are four decades old. So I, I'm sure that there's there's got to be a happy spot, but it's somewhere in the middle. It's yeah. probably not four decades, but it's got to be longer than a year. It's funny that you mentioned a quilt. I have a quilt probably from around that same time. Um, my mother made made it, and on one side, it's all Star Trek. Oh. And I don't, I could care less about Star Trek now. But growing okay. up, like my mother liked it, and we would watch the, we would go see the movies. We'd watch the original series when it was on, and so she had made a Star Trek quilt. And on the other side, it was weird. It, it was kind of like. I don't even know. It has like serpents on it and stuff. Almost like, almost like that those like Japanese patterns that you'd see on mugs. It's like blue. Oh, um, okay, okay, kind of, kind yeah, of like I that. I think. But anyway, so I don't even use it. My wife, of of all people, she loves this quilt, and it's got like holes in it now, so you can kind of stick your feet in there and stuff. So <laughs> um, she loves it, and I only I only complain about it just because it was mine as a kid. I want to stake claim to it, but I, I yeah. So you know, I, I've got a ton of stuff too. We um, a couple of years ago, my wife found. We, you know what? I'm just I'm going to tell this one story, but I do want to say we can do a whole episode on quilts somehow. <laughs> like I didn't think I had that many quilt stories until just now. But I had a uh, uh, a quilt. Well, I had I, the one I was just talking about. I have one that, that my grandma made. Um, but uh, a couple of years ago. I have all these quilts from, uh, or I have all these t-shirts that I have from like, you know, mid high, high school, that era. A lot of them are concert t-shirts, but there's a lot of other t-shirts. Um, uh, ones from when I was at karate, I have some t-shirts that have movie stuff on them. And my wife said, would I be interested in doing one of those t-shirt quilts? And so for my birthday, we found a, a company online that you send them the t-shirts, they make the quilt, they mail it back to you. So it's all done remotely, but this is the hard part. They don't know if you want the front or the back of the uh. t-shirt. So you cut them up. So, I mean, it's a company I'm not familiar with. It's a process that you hope works, but literally I went through, I had this, you know, a Rubbermaid tub full of all my favorite t-shirts that are never going to fit again. You know, I'm not wearing my, my high school Metallica shirts. This is not going to happen, but I still had them. And so we sat down in the living room and cut every t-shirt that meant something to me in half 
and mailed them in and then crossed your fingers. We're like, well, I hope it turns out. And, and by the way, it turned out, it's fantastic. Um, it kind of stays here in the, in the den because I'm not sure my wife loves it. Like when people come over and I'm like, Hey, look, got guns and roses and Pantera and all these old t-shirts <laughs> that I had as a kid, you know, but, uh, man, I love it. That the only thing is it's, it's one of those things that it's almost like it's very comfortable, but it's almost too sentimental. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you don't want somebody to spill something on it. You don't want, you know, the cat to pee on it or something. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's like, it's a cool quilt, but I still see all those, those t-shirts, but you know, those t-shirts were just sitting in a box, Yeah, you know, and not doing anything any good. So, you know, at least now I get to see them and stuff. So, yeah, well, I'd be the same way. I think there's something, something similar where they make, uh, I think it's with like race bibs, like running race bibs. You can send them in and I think they make a bag or, or something like that. But, oh yeah. I mean, not quite the same, but, um, yeah, Nicole actually with my like my running t-shirts you do certain races and you get, you know, some some t-shirt. Most of them are just bogus little cotton t-shirts or whatever, but uh she's been talking about maybe making something like a quilt or something out of that. So Well, like I said, it's cool that um that it becomes part of, you know, something that you could see that it's not just in a box away somewhere that you you see once every 10 years or something, yeah. you know. So that that part of it's cool. But I think honestly, I think yours has a little bit more meaning behind it than than some 5k race shirt that I got that I never wore anyway. So I think that's why I don't push her to do it. And that's probably why she's just like, I'm honestly, I'm like, I should just throw them in the rag bin. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a, there, I mean, there's, there's a few shirts that of, of like maybe uh longer distance races or just races that meant a lot more. Maybe those, yeah, I keep aside, but you know, the ones that have 50,000 local, you know, sponsors on them. I, I really don't care. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well then you're just advertising in your house. Yeah. Your <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. All right, man. Well, Hey, let's move on to the uh, topic at hand. Now we are going to talk about a movie today that we got to be honest. It's been done before on the show. I thought, well, we could just pretend we never done it. I've done it. You've never done it. Now this is, your, I want to say your favorite movie, or at least one of your favorites that you got your online persona from. Yep, definitely one of my favorites. And uh, I mean, there was a long time where it probably was. It's always been in my top ten. Um, uh, I just, uh, well, the, obviously, if you're listening to this, you know that the movie we're talking about is Cloak and Dagger. Um, it made a huge impact on me as a kid. We can talk a little bit about that, but. I, I, there are so many movies from the eighties that I liked as a kid that when I watch now don't hold up, you know, they fall apart, either the plot falls apart or there's just parts, you know, they didn't age well, but I just watched this movie again this weekend and I still like it. I still enjoy it. I mean, there are minor things that you can pick at a little bit, but for the most part, I still think it's a good movie. Yeah, I agree. I, absolutely. I've seen it a ton as a kid. Again, one of those HBO movies. And uh, I watched it as well. And, and I love it. And I'm going to, I think I've talked about this on the show. Maybe I haven't. I probably have. But um, because of where I work in a factory, I'm, I always have headphones on. And so it's either podcast, music, or 
Every once in a while, I like to listen to movies. So I will rip the audio from movies that I have in my Plex server, throw them on my phone, because sometimes you don't want to listen to a podcast. You don't really want to pay attention. You just want something in that background, right? Sure, yeah. And I don't want the music, so I'll put on, and this is one of the ones that are that are in uh, my library on my phone, this Cloak and Dagger, and a bunch of other old retro films as well, so... Yeah, I, I could and the soundtrack that. and the soundtrack. I, I have yep, the soundtrack yep. as well. So, for me, um, I we got our first home computer in 1982. I think is when we got our TRS-80, but we only had that for a year. We got rid of it, and then we got our Apple computer. And um, right after that is whenever I got a modem. And so I started calling BBSs, which was the old dial-up. You know, this is of course decade before the internet. But uh, when you, when you called BBSs, you had to have an alias. And this was right around the time that War Games came out. And I liked uh, that you know the kid in War Games was David Lightman. So I was like, maybe I'll be David Lightman. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird because. It just sounds like somebody, a regular name, you know? And so we had, our, our computer wasn't a real Apple. It was a clone called a Franklin. And so I just picked the name Robbie Franklin. <laughs> and so that was, that was my super secret. That was my alias, right? And every single person would be like, you know, you're not supposed to, you know, and these were like guys called, you know, the disc doctor and pirate Joe and stuff. And they would be like, Dude, you're not supposed to use your real name. I'm like, I'm not Robbie Franklin. It's cool. It's a cool <laughs> alias. And, you know, I was a little kid and people were like, yeah, no, it's not, not really working, you know? Yeah, it's not cool. <laughs> yeah. So, so the next year uh, was the year that Cloak and Dagger came out. And, you know, you've got um, Henry Thomas, the kid from, and first of all, you know, there's so many people in here that had these these ties to things that I liked. You know, Henry Thomas, uh, who's who's the star, Davy Osborne. He was from E.T. And then you had Dabney Coleman, who plays Jack Flack, and also he plays uh, Davy's dad, Hal Osborne. He was in War Games. Uh, so, so you know, you had these ties to other movies that I loved, and then Jack Flack was the ultimate like spy. He was the ultimate. He could get out of any situation. He would appear. He would disappear. I mean, he was just the coolest thing, you know? And so I was like, man, Robbie Franklin, it's not, it's not really cutting it as an alias, you know? And so right after this came out, I changed my alias to Jack Flack. And still there were a lot of people, first of all, that thought that was my real name. <laughs> like, I don't know who would name their kid with rhyming names. I mean, I guess it happens, but you know, like Jack Flack doesn't sound like a, a real name to me, but uh, so people, a lot of people just assumed that Jack was my real first name. So I would get phone calls all the time, all the time where my mom would, you know, she would answer the phone, cover it and then be like, phone call for Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I would pick up the phone. I'm like, I got it, mom, you know, uh, cause people just assume my name was Jack. So, yeah, from 1984 until right now, <laughs> um, I stuck with that handle, Jack Flack, you know, and my license plate on the back of my truck says Flack. 
So it's just been like a part of my life ever since the movie came out. Yeah, I never, I never had a cool name like that. But then again, I wasn't on BBSs, and when I came online, I just kind of used my my normal name. So you could be Sean Franklin. Sean, I'm going to pass on that. I'm gonna, it sounds too real. You could be Hal Hal, Hal Osborne. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, I'll stick with Sean for now. It's All funny right. in a little bit a little uh, teaser, I guess, for something that a uh, show that I plan to put out hopefully in the next month. Uh, first episode's already recorded, but I talked with uh, with friend of friend of ours, friend of the show, friend of most listeners to this podcast, Vic Sage, and we had a really good conversation. Uh, really, just learning more about him, and uh, but that's one of the things we talked about was. The, using the alias online and why mm-hmm. why you would do it and, and all that kind of stuff. So it was pretty interesting. So, um, but anyways, we haven't said the name. I'm sure everyone, or we, you know, with Jack Flack, Cloak and Dagger, 1984. Now, like I said, I, we did do this before, or at least the podcast that I did it a long time ago before you came on the show, mm-hmm. and it was something that we kind of tossed around the idea of it because I thought, man, how could Rob? Uh, Frank Franklin, <laughs> how can Robbie Franklin not? <laughs> how, how could he not have done a cloak and dagger episode? So we were just talking to the day. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just do it again. Plus, the website got a little tarnished and everything. So you you can find the old episode. It's in the archives. Throwbackviews.com, and there's an archives page. But um, and there's a ton of shows that you were you and I were both on. All of our stuff mm-hmm. is there. It's just not in our main feed. I'm working yeah, on I- that, but. I think this is one of the episodes, um, I think I've told this story before on the show, but um, I went on a a work trip and I hadn't flown uh, for a long time. I had a really bad experience flying and uh, so I I just kind of avoided flying for like a decade. I just found ways to drive places instead of flying. And when I say drive places, I mean like places that would take me two days to drive, like two 12-hour days instead of, you know, a three-hour flight. And then I got to the point where I could fly, but I had to pretty much dope myself up on Xanax or, you know, have a couple drinks at the bar or both. That that Mm -hmm. works pretty good, too. Um, And then I finally was, you know, this was right around the time where I had kind of, I think I had just discovered Throwback Reviews podcast long before I was on it. And I had downloaded a few episodes, and this is one of the episodes. So, I had gone on a trip and to come home, you know, that was my escape on the airplane was put, get my phone, get my earbuds in and listen to a podcast. And I, and I'm sure this is the original one that you guys did, you know, before I was on the show was one of the episodes I listened to that time. Do you remember like, were you swearing at us going, what the heck, man, you got that all wrong. Probably. I'm Robbie Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I, I mean, literally, you know, as as we've talked later, is when I listened to that, I was like, these guys like the same kind of movies I do. Like, if they would do this movie, you know, I want to, I want to do this movie with them. Apparently, unfortunately, I ran off all the other hosts. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else left when I showed up. But uh, yeah, that but does no. seem to be a it was a, it was a trend with you, huh? I know, I know. Then I learned about showering, which did. Robbie Franklin didn't have a lot of soap. Yeah, you know it's bad when you when you can run them off through the uh, through the internet. Um, so, was this a movie that you saw in the theaters? I don't 
think so. Um, I don't have a memory of seeing it in the theater, so probably not. Um, we had, I don't know if we had cable at that point or if we already had our satellite dish, but we definitely had HBO one way or the other. So, uh, but I don't have a specific memory of seeing it in the theater. So, so I don't think so. Yeah, neither do I. I, I, I know I didn't see it in the theaters. It was definitely an HBO movie for me mm-hmm. multiple times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I do remember we had a, a VHS tape, you know, that had like cloak and dagger written in like my handwriting. So at some point on HBO, I, I had recorded it, you know, and then and then watched it from there. But um, yeah, I can still see my mother's handwriting on on one of our VHS tapes. I gotta get those. Some, I gotta. I really do. I need to. Well, what I need to do mm-hmm. is get this room that I'm talking about built. So I can move all of my stuff that I still have in boxes purposely because that's where it's going. Get that yeah. all unpacked. And then I can set up a VCR, get all the old tapes from my mother's house and start just watch them rip. Them. I don't even know. I mean, do I really need to rip them? No, it's just, I just kind of want them. Right. I mean, sure. we all yeah. know, we all know there's ways to <laughs> get these things anyways that they probably have a better quality, but. There's something you about know, it. Yeah, it just depends on what's on the tapes. You know, it's funny is as as a kid when we recorded things off of television, the biggest annoyance was the commercials. Like you would watch a movie and then you would pause it and take out the commercials. And now the commercials are a lot more valuable. Mm. Yeah, that's what we want. Yeah, that's what we want. We can yeah, get the. Yeah, yeah, but if it's just off of HBO, you know, it might be. It's I when I record those in and I have a whole setup where I do that. Um, you know, with a VCR hooked up to the computer and stuff. But when I do that, uh, I, uh, always make sure, you know, I, I do the whole, I record the whole tape in, but I also scan in the labels because just like what you were saying, the label sometimes is just as nostalgic, you know, to see it in, um, my mom's handwriting or my handwriting. Uh, I even had a, a tape of Star Wars that I think, my parents must have rented Star Wars and then made a copy. And if you remember, VHS tapes came with a little sheet of labels and it had like letters and yep. numbers and stuff, those old ones. And they had peeled all those off to make it say Star Wars on there. <laughs> and my dad, uh, six months ago, found a box of all our old videotapes out in the garage and brought it over to me and dropped it off and said, hey, I don't want them anymore. Here you go. And that Star Wars tape was in there. So I, I have a million copies of Star Wars, you know, <laughs> Laserdisc, VHS, uh, DVDs, whatever. But just seeing that label what was uh, was pretty cool. So uh, like we used to do, I mean, this is probably going to be a little bit different this episode. We just kind of decided to do it. But why don't you, since... Uh, you're not uh, Robbie Franklin or your Fleck. Why don't you give just the – in case anybody listening hasn't seen this movie, which I can't believe anybody listening to this podcast hasn't seen this movie. But if they haven't, give the cliff notes on uh, what Cloak & Dagger is about. Well, the cliff notes of Cloak & Dagger. Well, the movie starts out with uh, our star, who is Davy Osborne, and his friend uh, Kim Gardner. And they are uh, two – I guess I read that they're both 11 years old, which – might be part of the draw to this movie because in 1984, I was also 11 years old. So, you know, they were kids that were our age. Uh, but, but, uh, Davey and Kim are friends with a guy named Morris who works at a game shop at the mall and they play, they like to play this role playing game, which is very similar to top secret. Uh, it, it's a role playing game where instead of 
like Dungeons and Dragons, except for your spies and, and it's a uh, more spy based. So anyway, Morris sometimes sends the kids on, you know, they want to, they want to do cloak and dagger, but for, you know, for real. And so he sends them on this fake mission across town to go pick up a catalog for him and buy him some Twinkies. He, <laughs> he, he jokes and tells them there's microfish or something. There's a secret message of the Twinkies. Okay. I got to uh, stop you there. Okay. They're in a mall. Is there nowhere they can get Twinkies closer? Isn't that? Yeah. I mean, I mean all the way across town. It seems kind of silly, you know, but let's not nitpick. <laughs> Continue, so, sir. So, uh, uh, the kids, Davey and Kim, they go to this other building and they get split up. Kim takes the elevator up and Davey takes the stairs. And on his way up, Davey witnesses a murder. He sees a guy who's been shot and the guy is, he's, he's bleeding. He hands Davey a video game cartridge, which is referred to as a tape throughout this entire movie, and we'll talk about that. Boy, what a pet peeve that was at the time. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, that uh, he gives him a tape of a game called Cloak and Dagger. He falls to his death, and these two spies, we don't really know who they are, come out. They see Davy, and they start shooting, and Davy runs down the stairs, and he reports this murder. He says, a man's been shot, you know. But by the time the real police come, the body's missing, the guys are missing, but Davy has left behind a softball, which has his real name on it. So, uh, so then we kind of fast forward. We find out that Davy's mom has died in real life. That he's having time, you know, hard time adjusting because he's a kid. His dad uh, works at or he works for the Air Force. Sometimes he works double shifts. So Davy spends a lot of alone time. He plays video games. He plays role playing games. And he has kind of an active imagination. So nobody really believes this story that he has seen a dead body. Well, these bad guys figure out who he is. And then that kind of leads us to the rest of the movie. They chase him around. At one point, Davey takes the game cartridge uh, to his friend Morris at the mall. And they find out that the cartridge has been modified. There's something inside there. It seems to contain secret plans, secret military plans that can only be unlocked. If you reach a certain score, Uh, the bad guys end up killing Morris as they're running around. And, and uh, so by the end of the movie, you know, we basically have uh, the bad guys are trying to get the tape from Davy. Then they're trying to give it, exchange it to these other people that Davy and Kim are looking for. That the only thing they know is that one of them is missing a couple of fingers. Davy is, uh, he meets this old couple who kind of take care of him, but then he realizes they realize that um, he's the person they're looking for. The lady reveals she only has two fingers. Uh, and so, but now they have the kid, the kid knows too much. And, um, at the end of the movie, the, uh, the two people, the two older people with the cartridge, they take Davy as a, uh, you know, kidnap him basically as a hostage. They hijack an airplane, <laughs> exciting scene, uh, but there's no pilot and they threaten to kill Davy unless, uh, uh, you know, a pilot comes out. And so then Davy's dad comes out and, uh, uh, pretends to be a pilot and helps Davy eventually, you know, escape from the bad guys and the, and the good guys escape and the bad guys get blown up. Now you wouldn't think that an 11 year old would be able to survive all these crazy things, but in his video game or his, uh, the board game that he plays his role playing game, his character is Jack Flack, the ultimate spy who can get out of any, uh, situation. And Jack Flack in the movie is played also by Dabney Coleman, who also plays his father. So it's the same guy 
as both characters. So Jack Flag is an imaginary character in Davy's head, but he helps him get through all the situations in the movie. You know, he tells him spy tactics and reminds him of things that were in some of the other games and, you know, helps him survive at the end. Uh, but in the very end, kind of the, I guess the takeaway is that his father is the real hero. Oh. His father, you know, Davies, the real hero is not the imaginary character, but the real hero is the dad. Of the course. working man. The working man. I've got more to say on that later. But that's basically uh, an impromptu summary of uh, Cloak and Death. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. And I, I apologize for putting you on the spot with that one. <laughs> That's all right. Take a drink of beer. Um, <sighs> definitely a different time, right? This is like a latchkey kid and yeah. just a lot of time to himself. And I, and I think that's what made it so relatable as kids growing up watching is, I mean, coming from a, a divorced family, there was a point where that was my brother and myself. You know, I got home a little earlier than him and we had our key. Don't forget your key. You got to get, you know, such a different time than uh, it, what it is now. Yeah. You know, um, I don't remember it striking me at the time that it was so unusual that an, a couple of 11 year olds would just be have free reign of San Antonio, Texas, which is where the movie takes but it, place. But I don't think it I don't think it is unusual. Then. Then. I don't think it was unusual right. then. Now it's like. I mean, my, my daughter's 13 and she doesn't want to leave the house. You know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine. A oh, I know, of 13 what you, year olds. I know what you mean. I've got right. some myself. Like, yeah. Can you imagine your kids like just having a bus pass, being able to come and go and take whatever bus to, you know, like imagine your, your, uh, I, I think your daughter is about the same age as Morgan, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine her coming home and, and you asking what they did for the day and having her say, well, you know that old creepy dude at the mall? <laughs> we went to hang out at his place, and then he he told us to get on the bus and go across town to get him some Twinkies. <laughs> you imagine if that was you? You'd be like, why are you hanging out with some adult at the mall, first of all, and why are you getting him Twinkies? Uh, it, it just seems, um, I don't know, like, like they had a lot of free, free reign to go around. But it, like you said, it didn't. I don't remember at the time. I don't remember that seeing yeah. unrealistic at all. Yeah, and I think now looking back, it's you're fond of it because we were like that as kids, right? You just did mm-hmm. whatever. But then you also go, God, I would never let my kids. Like I am so <laughs> protective of where my kids are going and when they're going there, and you know, text me or call me when you get there. Text me, call me when you're coming home. And then, you know, come upstairs and let me know you're home type of thing. Like, but, right. and then, and sometimes I catch myself when I'm, when I'm talking about when I was younger, because I did do that and it, it wasn't like mischievous. I mean, like maybe sometimes it was a little bit, but mm-hmm. it literally was that like my father was at work and when they were divorced, my mother was at work in the summer and it was just me and my brother. You wake up as me and my brother and it was kind of like you ate and you just did your thing all day and I would go downtown you know not downtown like san antonio but the town i grew up in and then you just go all over and you'd ride your bike everywhere i would skateboard mm-hmm. everywhere you just you were constantly on the move as a kid yep i, I tell you one thing that struck me rewatching the movie this weekend and like i said this isn't like oh i haven't watched this movie like i i'm sure i see this movie at least once a year if it's on cable i always end up stopping and watching it so i've seen this movie plenty it's not like i'm revisiting you know an old relic that i don't remember but one of the things that struck me as I was thinking about it for this podcast was 
as a kid, when I watched this movie, I thought of, I only thought of the movie through Davy's point of view because Davy was the, the person I could relate to. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the kid. He was the one that the spies were after him. But watching it recently, I thought a lot more about the movie from the dad's point of view, you know, because obviously now we're dads, right? Mm-hmm. But I was like, I was thinking, guy, here's this dad that his wife, we don't know why, but his wife passed away. He's got, he's a single dad now with an 11 year old kid. He works for the Air Force and sometimes pulls double shifts. So what are you going to do? You know what I mean? And, and he's just like, well, you know, send your I've kid to work. baseball camp. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't mention that at one point, you know, but, but, in, you know, he's like, Hey, I got to work a double shift tomorrow, which I mean, double shift, I'm assuming means 16 hours, right? Yeah. At least I'm sure. Right. So he's like, Hey, I'm going to be gone 16 hours tomorrow, you know, which means to your 11 year old, you're on your own for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. You know? So it, I mean, it's just, um, uh, and then there's that, that scene where, um, Davey, you know, is basically he tried to tell the cops that he saw a murder and then the body's gone. Nobody believes him. And the police take him home. They have that the discussion with his dad and his dad says, you know, he's, he's having a hard time now. He lost his mom. And so he goes into the room and he tries to have this conversation with his son. He's like, hey, your mom's not coming back. We got to we got to get through this. We got to do all this. And and, um, you know, he tries to he gives. Davy a chance to prove himself with the cartridge. He's like, you know, let's see the cartridge. Let's see if there's really the tape. Spy plan- the, the tape. tape. Yeah. Put the tape in. Um, and, uh, you know, there, he can't find anything on it. And he says, you know what? I think, and he's, he's genuinely worried about his son. He says, I think I'm going to take these games away. I think you're having trouble, you know, with reality or whatever. And he takes his stuff and Davy says, I hate you. Yes. And I was like, like as a kid, I was like, I hate him too. Yeah. I, you took his tape. But dude, your heart breaks in that scene. Oh, uh, now you're like, man, this dad's doing everything to hold it together. And then have his kids say, I hate you. I was like, I wanted to pause it and just go hug my kids. Yeah. That is, you know, that's rough. Have you ever had one of your kids say that to you? Or, um, or maybe not those exact words, but something where that was kind of implied. I'll tell you a funny story. Um, my kids pretty much have free reign on the internet. Uh, I know Morgan has a, a Instagram account. I, I know both my kids have Instagram accounts. I know they have YouTube. Morgan made YouTube shows. So, so they, they're, you know, they're at the age, they're exploring the internet. They're doing all these things. And, um, I found one time, uh, my son, and this was a long time ago, like five years ago. I mean, he was like, I don't know, 10 or 11. He had filled out this online, like one of those online quizzes, you know, like, what's your favorite movie? What's your favorite, you know, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And then it said, what are you most afraid of in the world? And he put, my dad. (laughs) (laughs) And I saw that, you know, and then I told, like, my wife and I were talking. I was like, have I ever hit the kids? Have I ever, like, I've never done anything. And she's like, well, sometimes you yell. I'm like, yeah, when they tear up my stuff. Everybody would yell at that, you know, but I was like, I felt so bad that he would put that. You know what I mean? That that's what he's most afraid of, you know, not diseases, <laughs> not the house burning down, me. That's what he's most afraid of, you know, so. Yeah, well. Yeah. 
Now yeah. he should be. Yeah. I've never had him. I don't think they've ever said anything to that extent, but mm-hmm. man, when I see that scene, yeah, it, it crushes me. I hate that. I hate that because all I'm thinking is his dad's is doing everything he can. <laughs> He's trying to hold it together. Mom you know? is gone. And, uh, man, that, that's, that's a rough one. But, yeah. you know, I thought about today, uh, if this movie were to be remade, things, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. things would be changed. It'd probably yes. be a lot more violent, but it would, it would probably be a lot more graphic with the murders. But like the scene where, where Davey is looking out the window, right? He's in the stairwell. He's looking across the, at another building, the reflection mm-hmm. of the floor above him. And you see, um, you see Alvarez. I think it's Alvarez. Maybe it's Haberman. I think it's Alvarez punching the uh, scientist or whatever. We'll right, call him a scientist right. for, I'm not really sure. But not only does he see it, but then you can kind of hear here. and i'm I'm just like he's looking at a reflection why are we hearing in this (laughs) yeah there's there's definitely a few um flubs uh you know like little things like that but i I will say i want to say this first you you just said what would be different if they remade this movie and one thing i thought when i was watching it this time was there cannot be a stairwell drop that's what i was gonna say Oh, that's true too. And I'll explain be, that. Yeah. Just Go ahead. Not safe. Um, the whole movie falls apart if those kids have cell phones. Yeah. So, you know, because every single part, I mean, we're like, like when the body disappears, it's because Henry, Henry, like <laughs> I know Henry Thomas on first day basis. <laughs> oh, Henry and I, Henry and Robbie Franklin, <laughs> we used to hang out. <laughs> uh, Davey, you know, when the body disappears because he leaves and then when they come back, you know, but if you're sitting there, like if he took a picture of it with his phone or if he called 911 and he's, was watching it, you know Facebook what I mean? Facebook live in it. Right, exactly. Like now live stream, it's me <laughs> with Robbie Franklin. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but like all these times where he's like, on the run and he can't call anybody or he can, you know what I mean? But, but if, if they were able to call each other and you know, for a while they have the walkie talkies, but, but that kind of, uh, you know, they, they still, they can't talk to the police on the walkie talkies. You know right. what I mean? But if they could stay in contact, like with their parents during the day or so, it just becomes a whole different movie. Um, and I think that is one of those things when you talk about what's nostalgic about this movie is when we were 11, we didn't have cell phones either. Nope. So, I totally remember Robbie, um, Robbie Franklin. Can I use your phone? I got to call my mom. <laughs> right. My mom would give me a quarter. <laughs> I remember my buddy Jeff came over to spend the night one time and we decided there was an arcade we found about, uh, we found out it was like almost three miles from my house, but it's hard to explain. But the gist of it is, is one mile of that was riding bikes down a, a road with a 50 mile an hour speed limit. And then one mile was a dirt road. And then the rest of it was riding in town. It was like another mile and a half. So we rode three and a half miles on these bikes. And my mom was like, all right, well, see you tonight. <laughs> I mean, there was no check in when you get there or, you know, send me a text. None of that. It was just, we were on our own, you know, yeah. hope, hope you get there. Hope you get home. You know, so it's just kind of, I think that's what's nostalgic about it is that, that these kids, it really does feel like they're on their own. They're having to, you know, pit their own wits against these bad guys with a little help from Jack Flack. 
Yeah. Well, so this movie definitely, I, I think the target audience were younger kids and maybe mm-hmm. maybe teenagers, right? This isn't an adult movie unless you grew up with the film and it's for nostalgic reasons. I mean, you, but so I can understand why in the, the stairwell when he falls over, we get the, the Wilhelm scream, right? And he falls and, and Davey goes out to tell the security guard. The security guard goes running and the body's gone already. There's no, I mean, that had now and that, that's what I'm saying. Now, if they recreated that movie, they couldn't do that scene because the, they would have the head explode. <laughs> like there was no signs of anything on the stairwell. Well, the, the other thing that, um, uh, when you said that he saw the reflection, mm-hmm. you know, and heard the sound effects, what struck me at that time, two things. Number one, I know that stairwells are kind of separated off, but don't you think you'd hear gunshots? Well, like no, yeah, I think it had a silencer on it. Well, I come on, silent. man! Every everything in the eighties, <laughs> they always had silencers. Had a silencer. But here's even, the other thing. even when you're playing war with your friends, like no, you, you, you had a silencer, <laughs> you didn't hear it. <laughs> well, the the thing that struck me was whenever he goes, there was a body here, and then they want proof, and he doesn't have any proof. I thought. Six stories up or whatever are bullet holes all in the wall where these guys just shot at you. So that's what struck me. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, there's some little things here and there. I'll tell you the one that bugged me, and it bugged me the first time I saw it. This isn't like one of those things that I read in IMDb trivia or whatever. I mean, this bugged me the first time I saw this movie, and it bugged me yesterday when I watched it, is the last scene of the movie when uh, Davy's dad, he helps Davy out the front window of the airplane. Uh, and then he says, hey, when you hit the ground, roll away from the plane, which this plane is, I don't know how fast it's going. It seems like it's going fast. Um, and the kid hits the ground, and then he rolls away from the plane. It almost runs over him, you know. The plane goes way off in the distance and then explodes. And then we get this shot, and it kind of alternates back. It's a silhouette. It, at first, it's a silhouette of Jack Flack. Then it's, I mean, and he wears a, a beret, so you can tell it's him. Then it's the silhouette of of uh, Hal, Davy's dad. It kind of goes back and forth or whatever. But as they keep cutting back, the explosion in the background keeps getting slower mm-hmm. and slower. Like at first, it's like the explosion is in slow motion, but the person, the silhouette walking, is at normal speed, and then. When they finally reach each other and they are hugging, the explosion in the background is just being shown like a frame at a time. It's like flip, flip, flip. I mean, it is so slow that it just, I mean, it looks just crazy fake. <laughs> and and it's not like, I mean, everything else, like the people in the front of the scene are moving at normal speed. So it's not like the whole thing's in slow motion. It's just the explosion in the background. And I mean, it drives me crazy. I hate that scene. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I, yeah. I I've picked up on it. I, I don't get all uh, I don't get all up in arms like you. <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm, boy, I'm boycotting it. It was my favorite movie till just now. I'll tell you what. Like watching it this weekend myself, and I do pick up on things. Uh I absolutely love this movie. There, there's nothing. Oh, yeah. I, I, there's no way I I could say. Oh my, you know. It's horrible because of this, this, or this. I, I kind of can just put myself back into you know thirteen year old watching this movie, and uh, but I, but yeah, I do pick up on certain things where I go, come on, really, like the stairwell thing, or um, 
the fact that he's he's always seems to be perceived to be crying wolf, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, go ahead. No, I, I was just thinking. Um, one of uh, you, you were talking about things that would be different if they remade it, right? And there's a scene where the bad guy Rice uh, catches up with Davy. They're running around San Antonio, around, around the Riverwalk, which, by the way, I've been to the Riverwalk. I'll talk about that in a minute. But um, he gets Davy basically at a dead end. Now, Davy, before, pulled a pistol on him, but it was a water gun, and it was full of red ink, and so he tricked the bad guy one time. But now Davy actually has a pistol, right? He's got it off of one of the one of the bad guys Alvarez. that got killed. Yeah, yeah, he takes his pistol. And so the bad guy, Rice corners Davy at the end of this alleyway. There's no way out. He has a gun that looks like something Rambo would carry. Mm-hmm. He has this giant rifle. I think he is putting a silencer on the end of it, but it's this big, long automatic the, the, rifle. The, the silencer is the, the, the length of your arm. It does. Yeah, it's like a like two Pringles cans <laughs> <laughs> stuck together. And then he goes into a speech about how he's about to torture this 11-year-old. I know. He's like, you know, I'm not just going to shoot you. First, I'm going to blow your kneecaps off. And you're going to wish you were dead. But no, then I'm going to shoot you in the stomach. And then I'm going to watch you beg for me to... And, you know, so there's two parts. Number one is... I mean, two things bother me about that scene. The first is the obvious, which is... Why would you say that to an 11 year old? Well, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to tell you why. Think back to when your kid was 11. They drive you nuts. Like, like Davey has made this guy's <laughs> day a nightmare, yes. right? A freaking nightmare, this kid. So All he, he wants is a stupid tape. He just wanted a damn tape in this darn kid. So he is pissed, man. I mean, come on. You tell me when your kids used to act up in your head, you didn't start thinking <laughs> things that you shouldn't say out loud. You're just like, God, you know what I mean? But yeah. Yeah, if they remake it, uh, they would have to tone that way down, don't you think? Oh, I think they would turn it up nowadays. Now, really? yeah, because now it's like, it's like oh, stuff is just over the top. I, I yeah, think maybe, with I some guess, movies, it just seems like because it's a kid, you know. But um, but I but I know what you're saying, and I and yeah, what was the um uh when they were on the boats? Was that the same place just during the day? Yeah, that's the river walk. So um. Uh, there is a, a – they built – well, there is, of course, a river around San Antonio, but they built this man-made river thing where those boats are. And uh, so my family took a vacation to San Antonio to go see the Alamo and do all those things, and we rode those boats. So I've been on those boats. Um, it's not as uh, a big around as it might seem in the movie, you know, but there's a – I think it's called Horseshoe or something like that, but there's like a curve and there's a whole bunch of restaurants around uh, the river. And so that whole area is called the Riverwalk. It's very famous. Now Oklahoma City has, we have our Bricktown Canal, which was based identical to uh, to San Antonio's. But one thing I thought was interesting was uh, most of the Riverwalk in real life now, it's different because there are parts that are natural, but a lot of it, most of it that you would be on with those boats is man-made, you know. Most of the river walk is between two and four feet deep. So, 
when they're all on this boat and they're like in worried panic about mode. falling out <laughs> in panic and all this, I'm like, like I remember going there and being like, oh, I could see the bottom. You know what I mean? Like right. it's just not, it's not that deep, you know. Um, but um, I would like to. I, I remember going there at the time. Now, not to switch movies. But the most important thing to me when I went to San Antonio uh, on our vacation. You wanted to see the basement? The basement of the Alamo. That was the whole thing. (laughs) And I remember asking this guy, a guard, I was like, hey, does the basement, where's the basement? And he goes, wow, you're the first kid to ever ask me that. Like that. And I was like, oh. Oh, he was not. He he wasn't having any of that, huh? Exactly. But I would, I, you know, San Antonio is not terribly far. I mean, it's probably. Oh, probably an eight-hour drive from here. And um, you know, I, one of I times- think I think that's far enough to where the guard could have played along. That's true. That's true. He could have been like, "Sorry, we had to board it up after we found a bicycle down there." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I, what I would like to do is is maybe go back down there sometime, like take a family vacation with the kids, go see the Alamo, and but go down to the Riverwalk and try to find some of the places that were in this movie. Like the bullet holes in the over the the, the walk, I don't walk know bridge. The bullet holes will be there, but to find that bridge, you know, and mm-hmm. to find that stuff. Um, so uh, I had, yeah, I think that'd be cool. I actually, I, I've got two things, two comments on that scene, particularly one. So just to set the scene up, so this is okay. um, Davy's on the run, uh, and the bad guys are are chasing him down the river walk around. San Antonio. And so there are boat tours that will take you around. And so Davey buys a ticket, then the other guys buy a ticket. And then, um, so that's Davey's plan is he's going to get away from the bad guys by, uh, by getting on this boat. But eventually the bad guys end up on the same boat. <laughs> and then in a crowded boat full of people, they decide one is going to yell fire and the other one's going to stab a child. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's number two uh, of my comments on this. Scene. Oh, I wanted me to give you anything. But anyway, I just want to set that up. So so what are your thoughts on it? Okay. So my first thing, I love the totally different time now because uh, there's a father there. It looks like a single father there uh, with his kids. And the, the boat captain is asking, I think he's telling Haverman or whoever, Alvarez, they keep kind of moving around to get closer to Davy. <laughs> And he's like, uh, excuse me, please have a seat or whatever. And there's finally a father who's like, just sit down. You know, like he like, and he's as big as Haverman. So, but mm-hmm. you know, now it would all be on video. People would be, you know, be on Instagram and you know, yeah. you'd have to worry about someone, you know, shooting it up or something. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. this is, this is back when, you know, two dads could get a little fist to cuff and then be done. Right. Go have a <laughs> right. beer after. So I like that. But yeah, the fact that, you know, uh, Haverman yells, fire <laughs> in the engine. Cause Elvarez is like, give us, get a distraction going and I'm going to get this the is kid. a boat that holds what 20 people. Yeah. I mean, and then he just yeah. leans over and tries to stab him with like, uh, some sort of switchblade or something. And it's sticking <laughs> in the boat. And he's in, and, and this is all meantime, you know, uh, you know, Eunice and uh, George McCready that they finally, that he meets on the boat, you know, this old couple, sweet old couple. They're like, Oh, looks like a pervert to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I, I, that's watching it as an adult. One of the things, one of the plot things that I really don't like is that he runs into the, the old couple. Yep, by twi- yeah. It, yes. I, uh, yeah. Agree. 
Yeah, because um, it's just too much of a of a by chance thing. Now, I mean, if they'd have said, you know, if they'd have said, hey, we got to get the tape to the Alamo, and then he went to the Alamo and then ran into him by chance there because they they were going to be there anyway, that would be one thing. But just to end up bumping into two random people is it, it's just a little too random. Yeah, that was that was a little too too much to set up. Basically, the degloving scene. Uh, yes. That's really you know to let your guard down for that. And I will say right. this: like, I I do a podcast with my wife, Horrified Chicken. We review horror movies, and I don't scare it too easy. And but I'll tell you what. That part of this movie, for whatever reason, scared the crap out of me as a kid. Because oh, she went from sweet old lady to just this nasty old wicked witch. What are we going to do with him, George? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it is because, you know, as a kid, I mean, as a kid viewer, you trust those characters. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, oh, finally Davy is found. Because that's, you know, if, if you're if you're a kid lost in Walmart, and you're afraid that somebody's going to kidnap you, those are the people you would turn to. Absolutely. You would go to those people and be like, oh, here's a nice old couple. They won't kill me. They're not going to chloroform me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, they would They would help me, you know? So, yeah, it's, um, you know, the, the bad guys, when you see them, they're dressed like bad guys. You know, the what's his name, Alvarez? Is it, or who's the big guy? Uh, Haverman. Yeah. I mean, he's dressed in like gym outfit you know and he's like like all sweats and he's like you know like he and then the other guy like just has a the hispanic guy alvarez he's got a, a scowl on his face they look like guys that would kill you you know what i mean so dude they did uh, not think twice in the beginning of the of, of the movie to uh just shoot at a kid in a, in a stairwell Right, right. And then they show up to this house. They don't know if anybody's home. They just ring the bell and they just start kicking in the windows and stuff. Yeah, that's the best when, uh, when Haverman kind of like busts through and then unlocks it and comes through the, through the door oh, <laughs> at the house. Yeah. So, um. And dad, if he wasn't working a double, would have discovered all this a lot earlier when he came home. Right, right. Well, and, um, you know, he said I had to. I have to work a double because, uh, but I'm off tomorrow. I got to work a double. I got to repair this door. <laughs> so, what? What if it had been one day off, and they'd have smashed in, and his dad would have been like, "What the hell? I'm in the air force." You know, like, yeah. I mean, they don't know that that the kid's home alone. You know, so. Um. What else did I wrote down? Here's one thing I wrote down, and this seemed perfectly logical to me as 11 year old Robbie Franklin. <laughs> Not so much as 45-year-old Jack Flack. Would real spies hide their plans in a video game where you have to get a high score to reveal the plans? I highly doubt it. <laughs> because that's what I thought of is like, okay, they're making the trade, right? They're swapping the, the cartridge. And, um, you know, so they're going to get it to the real spies or whoever, and then they're going to what? Take it to a room and be like, okay, Spy Joe, now you got to get 1,300,000 or whatever on this game so we can get the plans. And then they come back later. Hey, what's the plan? Ah, it turns out I'm not very good at this game. <laughs> I keep getting killed. You know, I mean, it kind of seems like a, a very kid, like an oriented to kid way to get the plans. But as an adult, not very uh, practical. Yeah. Well, again, it's, I think because of the, the, uh, you know, audience they're going for. You got to make it a little relatable, I guess. 
I like that. I like that too. When Rice is like, I got friends. We play too. Right. Yeah. We like to play too. Um, here's another thing that I thought while I was watching it this time. Uh, when I was 11 years old, especially if people were trying to kill me, but even not, I would have traded any cartridge I had probably for an ice cream sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the whole thing, like, like Davey's like, no, this is really important. I got to get it to the, the authorities. I'm telling you what. 11-year-old Robbie Franklin, I'm out, and I've got a game with me, and two guys show up, and one punches a hole through my bedroom door. They're like, give me the tape. I'm like, yep, here you go. Yeah, there's <laughs> no need. Put to the fridge on the way out. <laughs> there's, no, there's no need to kidnap the best friend or anything like that. Right, yeah. I mean, you show me a gun. First of all, Robbie Franklin is Robbie poop in the pants. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like the whole time he's like – and then not only – I mean, they kidnap his best friend – and then the other best friend, they kill him at the mall. I mean, you don't see the the body, but there's a bullet hole in the guy's monitor, and he's never seen again. Well, he oh no, seen we again. See, we we see him yeah. in the trunk of Rice's car, which right. is, which is funny because um, Davy hides in the like Jack Flack tells him to hide in the trunk, right? And right. so Rice is coming. He gets in the trunk. And he's like, oh, don't don't close it all the way. Just keep just pull it down a little bit, and then. As he starts to drive, I think it is uh, Morris' dead body, which we see in there, rolls on top of Davy, <laughs> right? And Davy's like, "Jack, Jack, help, help!" And he's like, "Oh, isn't it crowded enough in here?" Which I I, I, I just picked that up this like this last viewing. I kind of picked that up. Like, was it almost as though Jack Flack was like, "There's not enough room in here for me," type of thing, right? And I never picked that up before, so I thought that was kind of that was kind of funny. So when I was watching that scene, this is what I thought of this time. How did they get Morris's body in the trunk? Yeah, right. Because they shot him in the back room of a store in the mall. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, did they just they throw did, a sheet over him they, and walk a body out of the mall? No, they did like a they did like a weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> Haverman and rings on him like yeah. hey. he's in between Haverman and Alvarez and they're just walking through waving hi waving yeah, to I don't people. know why that never dawned on me before but I'm like well they had to get him out of the mall somehow did we ever do that movie weekend at Bernie's we, I feel like we have but I think maybe we did because I remember us talking about weekend at Bernie's too all right was, that's kind of sad that we can't we never can remember I know we got so you know what we're just the new <laughs> The uh, throwback reviews tube.o is just us doing all the same movies again. <laughs> we just go through them again. Um, one other thing I thought as the movie ended, and of course the movie ends, uh, Hal Osborne, Davy's dad, you know, drops his kid for, I don't even know how far of a drop that is. That seems really high, but you know, drops his kid out of the window of the airplane. He rolls the safety. Uh, he shows up and the two hug each other and it fades out. And then that's the end of the movie. I thought this movie, and maybe not then I didn't think that because, you know, then you're like, okay, it's all over. But I kind of thought this movie could use an epilogue, you know, um, maybe one of those scenes after that, that they throw in the credits or something. Like I would have liked the police chief to be like, you know what? We found your buddy. We found Morris's dead body. And you know what? The kid wasn't lying all this time. 
the kid was telling the truth, you know, and or to see. I mean, I, I know the idea is that Davy has graduated from the needing a, a, a fake friend, a pretend friend, uh, and and you know has accepted real life or whatever. But it would have been nice to see Jack Flack, you know, sitting there with another kid. And being like, oh, that kid, I just got done with an adventure. You want to play a game? Or I don't know. I just feel like there could have been something after that final scene to something with Jack Black or something to, you know, for everybody to acknowledge that, that you know, Henry Thomas wasn't crazy the whole time. I don't know. He was crazy, Rob. No, you know, no. he kind of is crazy a little bit. I, I, I know what you're saying. Um, and, and also to wash away the... <laughs> The slow motion backdrop of, of that, <laughs> that closing scene. But yeah, I mean, could you have had it where he was at a, a mall again and there was a kid playing and you hear the kid being like, I'm Jack Flack, like kind of even something like that where it wasn't so much in your face. But eh, I don't know. I, I was OK. I mean, it was actually a decent like movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe even, um, you know, something that says, I mean, obviously you couldn't do it with um, Henry Thomas. He was too young, but something that says a few years later and then he's working at that place at the mall at the game thing, you know, and then a kid comes in and he's like, do you have any games or whatever? And he's like, and then Jack Flag's like, Hey, why don't you give him one of these <laughs> or something, you know, like that? Or, or I don't know. Just, I just thought, um, you know, something to kind of wrap up. Cause I, I hate, I mean, I get it that, that part of the, the storyline is that he gets rid of his imaginary friend, but also his imaginary friend is my, the person I named myself after <laughs> for the past 30 years. So you need so closure. I, I do. <laughs> and I have it now on my license plate. <laughs> I wonder if anybody sees my license plate and is like, I wonder if that's cloak and dagger or what they think. No, I'm sure they don't. <laughs> right. They're like, <laughs> They're like, that guy don't give no flack. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm actually going to go opposite, uh, and then we'll start wrapping up here in a few minutes. But we didn't talk about it. I love the opening of this movie. I love everything about it. Oh, yeah. Jack yeah. Flack. I love the way when he lands with his parachute, he it starts – it just kind of like uh, – recoils back into his coat right like like the vacuum cord when you pull and it gets sucked up into the vacuum like that's what happens with his parachute right so those the movie opens with a uh, a scene a couple of minutes scene of one of jack flax it's the game that they're playing but we're seeing it like it's an actual movie right uh and then uh the the scene ends when jack flack gets trapped and all of a sudden he sees this giant pair of dice Rolling towards him, which what do you think about those dice? It was funny. It, it, <laughs> it was good. I, I I can't complain about them. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny. Um, and then I never caught this. I didn't. I literally, I don't think I ever caught this until j this time. But you know, he's playing the game obviously with Morris and um, and Kim. And then Kim says, "When you know, after the after the dice show up." It cuts to, you know, back to the real world. They're playing the game. And she says, uh, I don't like playing with you because I always get killed. Well, there's the blonde lady in that scene that gets shot and killed. You think and that's I, Lady Ace? I, I don't know. I wonder if it is. Um, I, I Maybe I was reading too much into it, but I thought, oh, well, she said she always gets killed. And there was the blonde lady who got killed. So I thought, oh, maybe it was. 
I I kind of picked up on that when I was a kid watching. No, I'm just oh. kidding. I'm just kidding. No. Um, I, I never, I, I guess I never put it together that it could have been Lady Ace just because that's the names that they go by the whole entire movie back and right, forth, their code right. names. So I guess it, I would have to assume it was Lady Ace. But I, I, I always assumed Lady Ace would have been a good character and that, that lady was clearly yeah, an evil that's spy. True. Run that's for cover? True. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, that, that reminds me of one thing. And then I want to talk just a little bit about the, the, uh, the video game or the arcade game. Um, there's that part where Davey picks up the, the walkie talkie. Morris has a pair of walkie talkies that the kids pick up and he picks his up and he says, flack to Lady Ace. Come in, Lady Ace. And then, you know, then Kim picks hers up and goes, hello, anybody? And, mm-hmm. and Davey gets really mad and he goes, Kim, play right. And the way he says that brought back all these memories. Like, yep. I don't know if you have the same memory, but like when you're playing war or something, mm-hmm. like I remember playing karate and then one guy would be like, oh, I forgot I have a machine gun, you know, so I don't have to do karate. And you'd be like, man, play right. You know what I mean? Like, like there's some set of imaginary rules that you don't even say them. It's just kids know what they are. See, I and would, more importantly, they know when you're not following them. Yeah. I I wouldn't say play right. I would always say, come on, play for real. Which yeah. ju- just saying that, play for real as you're playing a, a war game. <laughs> but that's what we always say. Come on, man, just play for real, would you? Come on, play for real. Yeah, yeah you got to <laughs> be into it. You know what I mean? And, and it would make you mad. And that's what it's like his... His little frustration is like, come on, Kim, play right. You know, mm-hmm. like, and then she's like, oh, okay. And then she keeps saying, you know, this is embarrassing. <laughs> she, yeah, she was a little annoying in this. <laughs> she was a, um, did, did you recognize her from the uh, Twilight Zone movie? Um, yeah, on the plane. Yeah, no smoking. <laughs> N-O-S in that, that uh the the remake you know movie or whatever so I, I recognize her from that and Morris is um, Bill Forsyth who I did not recognize at all because he's lost so much weight over the years um, I did recognize him he was one of the brothers in uh, Raising Arizona yeah uh, that yeah. he was also Al Capone in the Untouchables TV show oh and he was uh, flat top. In the yes. Dick Tracy movie, uh, yep. um, but he was the sheriff in um, the Devil's Rejects, the Rob Zombie movie, and, and he's like a skinny older man, and you would not recognize him at all. I didn't recognize him at all. Yeah, great actor though. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I don't, you know, this isn't a, a technical kind of podcast or anything, but one of the things you asked me about when we were talking about this was did I have this arcade game or did I ever play this game? So the arcade game cloak and dagger is actually fairly rare. Uh, they, they didn't make a ton of them. And when they were, Atari was developing the game, it was called age of X. So it wasn't anything to do with cloak and dagger and it had nothing to do with Jack Flack. It was about a secret agent and that agent that you see in the game, when they show the, the gameplay footage in the movie, is Agent X. So this was around the time where, like right after the movie Tron had come out, Mm -hmm. and they were like, hey, do you have a video game? We could tie in a video game, an arcade Tron with the movie Tron. You know, there was a lot of that going on at this time. And so uh, they, they, uh, the people that were working on the movie went to Atari 
and said, you know, we would like a, a movie tie-in. Oh, this was um, uh, same year as uh, Last Starfighter. So same thing, right? Like there's a Last Starfighter, you know, arcade tie-in, right? So they didn't have a Cloak & Dagger game, but they had this Age of X game that they were working on, right? So literally all they did was change the name to Cloak & Dagger. That There's no other changes, you know, that they made to it. And the character is still called Agent X. Like if you play the game, he's called Agent X. So in the movie, there's one scene at the beginning where he says, hey, remember that time, Jack, where we went on this? And he goes, oh, yeah, that was back when I was known as Agent X. They went back and there's and he mentions it one other time. He mentions Agent X. They totally did that just so it would tie in with the arcade game, you know, to try to link these two things, which aren't really that related, right? So Atari's plan was to release a game for the Atari 5200 called Cloak and Dagger, which is what the whole movie is about, right? A Cloak and Dagger game for the Atari 5200. The problem is it never came out. (laughs) There is no Atari 5200 game Cloak and Dagger. The other game that they were working on at the time was Tempest. And you could see in, uh, in the store in the movie, there's all these boxed versions of Tempest and there's boxed versions of Cloak and Dagger. Well, 83 is the year that a lot of people refer to as the video game crash. Um, and so, you know, that's when the basically the bottom fell out of the video game market. And so all these games that were in development never got finished and never got sold. So there is no Cloak and Dagger game for the Atari 5200 and there is no Tempest for the Atari 5200. Those are all just fake mock-ups that they made for the movie. So in the movie, whenever they're showing them playing the home version of Cloak and Dagger, it's literally just the arcade version. Right. Uh, and, and so in, in the Morris's in the back of his store, you can see a Cloak and Dagger arcade machine and literally what, the, but you can only see like the back part of it and not the front. Literally what they did was they took extension cords and ran it out the back of the machine and, and over into that other monitor. So somebody could stay, you know, off screen and play the machine and it would look like it was showing, you know, on his little, uh, you know, his little monitor setup that he had. But it was really, I mean, for Atari, it had to be a huge miss, uh, missed opportunity. You know, I mean, when you think of movies like, um, the wizard where the whole thing about the wizard is it's about the Nintendo power glove, you know, and then, and then right after the movie comes out, they start selling a power glove and people see the movie and then they're like, Oh, I need a power glove. So this whole movie is about cloak and dagger arcade game or a cloak and dagger, you know, Atari game. And then they never released the game. So they (laughs) kind of missed the boat on that one. Yeah. So did you, but did you ever have, I guess that was my actually my original question to you was if you did you ever have an Agent X cabinet? No, yeah, no. So, um, so the cabinet is Cloak and Dagger. I mean, it's it's called the the marquee on the front is called Cloak and Dagger, but like I said, it doesn't have any tie in really with the game. It, I mean, it has it's the game that they show in the movie. It just doesn't really the storyline doesn't have anything to do with uh, yeah. the movie Cloak and Dagger. I have played it. And um, unfortunately, it's one of those games, the controls are kind of like Robotron. So there's two joysticks and one moves and the other fires in all eight directions. So it's kind of hard to play on MAME, you know, unless you have a really specific uh, 
setup or, you know, joystick setup or something like that. So I have played it before, but it's also kind of difficult to figure out what exactly is going on. So uh, uh, it's definitely not, people don't, I don't think people think of it as a classic, you know what I mean? It just wasn't released that wide. And in fact, on the actual motherboard, like the PCB board of the arcade game, it said Agent X because, I mean, that was the name of the game until, you know, the 11th hour when they were contacted by, uh, uh, I guess it's Universal, and said, hey, do you, you know, do you have a, a game that we could tie into this movie? And they're like, uh, we could rename Agent X and call it Cloak and Dagger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, yeah. So, no, no, never owned one. Have played one, but, uh, like I said, it's it's, unfortunately, it's not that great of a game. Yeah. All right. Well, it was a great movie, that's for sure. I love it. I loved it then. I love it. Um, I don't know. Uh, did uh, have you watched it with your kids? Yeah, yeah. I have. Do they do they enjoy it? Yeah, they liked it. They liked it. As a matter of fact, they wanted to watch it with me when I rewatched it for this, and so I kind of waited, put it off, mm-hmm. and yeah. then I was like, "All right, what guys want to watch?" Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And I'm like, "Why well, would have watched it <laughs> last night?" But I was waiting. So yeah, they they all three of my kids have seen it, or at least seen parts of it like they've seen sure. me watching it um it's definitely something I'll, i usually watch it at least once or twice a year for sure to be honest with you um it's just one of those movies when it comes on you're like oh, and and uh you always the movie is so segmented if that makes sense um like there's the part you know at the beginning at, at the on their little adventure you know and then there's the part where davy's on the run there's the part at the boardwalk there's the part um you know, so so it's like whenever you turn your flipping channels and you see it, you know exactly where you are in the movie. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like what segment you're in. Yeah. So it's easy to pick up. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. When it's on, I'll watch it. Yeah. Um well that's Cloak and Dagger. Um if you haven't seen it, man, you gotta find it. You gotta rent it. Netflix it, I don't think it's on Netflix, but it might be on like uh Amazon Prime or something. Man, you guys know where to rent movies. I gotta tell you where to go. <laughs> right? Um, Find it on VHS. Yeah, yeah, I'll make you a copy, but uh, <laughs> I'll dub it for you. So I got to tell you, we we've got a good episode for next month. We're trying to stick with our once a month, uh, so that's what we're planning on doing. But I think our next episode is going to be it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. It was uh, we're going to do TV show uh, theme songs, or not TV show, but yeah, TV show theme songs. Yeah. So, and it doesn't, you know, it can be anything. So Rob's going to bring, I think we're going to do something like you bring five, I bring five. And, and then I think I'm actually going to bring another additional five and do like a quick fire with you. So I won't tell you what they are Ooh. and see if you can, can guess them. So All I'm, right. uh, I'm looking forward to that one, man. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be fun to, uh, to, uh, to do that one. But I started watching some, some, there's some YouTube playlists on and, uh, Man, there was shows I totally forgot about, and then other ones where I'm just like, "Man, that is a great theme song." But <laughs> we're not gonna uh, we're not gonna really get into that right now. We'll save it for when uh, we do that episode. But hey, why don't you tell everybody if they want more Rob O'Hara, where they can find it? Hey, man, if you want to find more from me, just come visit robohara.com. I've got links to all my social media and my podcasts all right there on the website. So if uh, you want to. Find me on Twitter. I'm at Commodork. And uh, those are uh, the two easiest ways to get a hold of me. All right. 
And uh, you just put a podcast out, an episode a few weeks ago, right? I did, yeah. I put out an episode of You Don't Know Flack, and uh, I may have uh, some things in the work for Sprite Castle coming up, so uh, you never know. And Watch that. Uh, don't delete those old podcast feeds. You never know when something new will pop in there. <laughs> like a throwback reviews did a couple months ago, right? <laughs> exactly. You never know. All right, man. Well, uh, and for me, you can find uh, all the podcasts that I'm involved in over at alldutchpods.com. And uh, that's that's really about it, man. I look forward to our next episode, and I thank you, Rob, for joining me again to uh, to record. It was fun. Yep, I got to get out of here because, uh, as you know, Jack Flack always escapes. <laughs> <laughs>